Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of my radio show, Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. We originally air as a radio show on Radio Free Brooklyn, so if you like the show and you want to listen to the episodes the day they come out, that is every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. You're about to hear the episode where I interview P.T. Barnum, played by comedian Peter McNerney, and assassinated former President John F. Kennedy, played by comedian Austin Sanders. Before we get to the interview, uh, I want to mention again that I am officially now a published author. My first book is going to be published by Skyhorse in early August. It is available for pre-order on Amazon as we speak. We'll be having a book release party to announce soon, but if you want to check out the book, it is called The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It's basically just me making fun of Trump surrogate Kellyanne Conway for 120 pages. I also make fun of Trump in the book, obviously. He's just, you know, he's a real easy target. So whatever your politics, the book is really funny, and I hope that you will check out The Kellyanne Conway Technique, available for pre-order now on Amazon. That's The Kellyanne Conway Technique, written by yours truly, Jarrett Berenstein. If you like this show and you want to shoot us an email, hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We love hearing from fans. Subscribe to the podcast, rate five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends, all that good shit. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy JFK and P.T. Barnum only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Oh, you know, famous dead people, famous dead people, famous stories people. stuck in the heads. My guests today on Famous Dead People are the businessman and showman responsible for the Barnum and Bailey Circus, Mr. P.T. Barnum, and the 35th president of the United States of America, John F. Kennedy. President Kennedy, Mr. Barnum, thank you so much for joining us here in the studio at Famous Dead People. Ha it's a real pleasure to be here. It's great to be here, Jarrett. Now, uh, Mr. Barnum, I'd like to start with you, if I may. Um, so your name is synonymous with the... Uh, Entertainment. Uh, joy. With, yes, the, yes, no, those are... Frivolity. Those are all... Comp- oh, Mysticism. Frivolity. <laughs> Give me an adjective. Well, I was going to say... I'll claim it. I was going to say the circus. Oh, you know, yeah, well, that's one thing I did. It's one of the more, uh, I would say, famous and notable things. Like, like if, if I say P.T. Barnum, people are going to say, oh, like the circus. Yeah, you they're going to bring up that, that a-hole, Bailey. <laughs> well, you know, I, I would love to talk about your uh, relationship with him uh, later on in the interview. I wouldn't! But... <laughs> but uh, so, but that that circus that is the, the eponymous circus that everybody associates with you. You didn't even come up with that until you were in your sixties. But at the, again, I it was think an afterthought. That, yeah, I, I, that's you know, which again we will talk about later on. Today. It was a mere fart in my larger entertainment <laughs> digestion, which we will, we, we will get to. But um, it, it does seem like the things you were saying earlier about the things that are also synonymous with your day, uh-huh. showmanship and exciting and flash and things like that. Those all seem to be things that are very, they're very circusy. So I do think that even though the uh, the circus that you came up with later on in your life, it still fits because you know what well, you think well, is well, circus. I'd you... say maybe the instead of uh, my work uh, seeming like a circus, maybe the circus looks like my work. Ever think about that? Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about. Is that everything you did seemed to have this 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 showmanship, circus, pizzazz, it, exactly, moxie, explosions, quality, yes, explosions thank you. too, and. Uh, uh, I'm wondering if that was something that uh, came naturally to you, or did was that the sort of thing that you 
like a survival instinct. You were like, I need uh, to accomplish well, something, and so I'm going to develop these characteristics. Y- you tell me. But first, um, will you just uh, hold on to this scarf from my pocket? Whoa, oh, look oh. at this. Oh, it's a long scarf. Oh it's never ending, never ending. And at the wow, bottom, frivolity. at the end of it is a shrunken voodoo head, oh. which I collected in the Amazon. What I like the most about that trick was that you didn't even give us an opportunity to be surprised by that. Oh. You... Almost, almost spoon-fed our reaction to us. Well, like, I just got to be on to the next thing. No time to waste. What's the next? This really does seem to be like a, a through line of your character. Like you, you, you get your hands in a lot of pots, and uh, and, and you, you always want to be busy. You know, doing lots of different things. Again, I have to ask you: uh-huh. Is this innate to your personality, or did you develop it? Is it did was you it a say, survival? Is instant? it an eight? Or innate. Innate. Because I would not give myself an 8. I give myself a 10. No, I, I, out of 10. I think you would give yourself a 15 out of 10. If I was allowed That's, to. <laughs> it seems like the kind I'll of... I'll put per- it on a poster. Come to my museum. Mm-hmm. Oh. Did, did you it- know about... Oh, am I jumping ahead on the timeline? <laughs> oh, do you boy. have a museum? I have, oh, I have the museum. I have a library, but do you have a museum? A library. library. <laughs> there's no pizzazz to a library. Well, well, okay, that's I'm, little. Uh, there's, there's probably some incredible things at the uh, John F. Kennedy Library. You know, there might oh, be probably. some. Oh, probably. Does it have this? Amazing. A fake eyeball? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've got one eye. Just took an eyeball out of your head. Just kidding. It's a fake one. I've got two real ones and two fake ones. Jesus. One for you, Mr. Kennedy, and one for you, this Derek Barrett. This is unnecessary. And you signed mine. That was really nice. Yes. Well, it's a fake eye, but it came from a real woman's eye that I took from the Amazon. You took so you took the woman from the Amazon, or you? Yes, wait, and then it's her a fake eyes. eye that you took from a real woman. Well, it was a real eye, and now it's a fake one. <laughs> I, I don't understand uh, the logic of that. Well, I, it was does a it real stop eye. being an eye? Because there are people who do like and, when a person dies, you can take that person's eyes, put it into another person, and then that person has. Well, sight. in my experience, once you schlack something, it's not real anymore. <laughs> Once you schlack something, schlack. Once you schlack. Spell that for me. Schlack. schlack. It's S C H S C H L A C C C C K K exclamation point exclamation point graffiti. Come on down to Barnum's American Museum. <laughs> Checks out. So using the spelling of the word shellac has an advertisement for your museum. This is the <laughs> thing. And you don't. I got accused of being a liar a lot. It's mm. not. It's not a lie if it gets you in the door. Then I'll give you a show. Interesting. Okay. Oh. Well, this is something else I actually do want to talk to you about later on in the interview. All right. About the sort of disparity between like the the truth and and what you know the, the things truth? that you would say. You know, but like I don't. Want, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I mean, what's the truth? Like, is this a true handshake we're about to have? Uh, I mean, okay. it seems. Pretty- <laughs> Okay, all right. I invented the buzzer handshake right. buzzer. I, uh, I, I, you know, BT uh, bottom. That is, uh, you know, fool me once. That's, uh, you know, shame on. Anyways, uh, so you seem to have, you know, through everything, through all of your exploits, you seem to have a really gift, a gift for advertising. You've been called uh-huh. the Shakespeare of advertising. That's right. What is your secret to getting people to go see one of your shows, to buy a ticket, to buy a product? Like, like, what is it that you tap into that? That, that really uh, excites people. Uh, I call it the huah effect. <laughs> That's how you're walking down the street. I live in New York City. It's 1847. <laughs> I'm all the way uptown. It's City Hall. Oh, it's, I don't even know how to get around up here. All the uh, way well, uptown at City Hall. All the way uptown. It was different, it was different back then, Mr. President Kennedy. Oh, I apologize. Yeah. I apologize. I, I, I don't know where uptown is now. <laughs> Hudson Valley or something. You're walking down the street, and if you see a poster on the wall, and it, it, does it make you go, oh, what? Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, worthless 
poster. So you would say that. So you would test your, these posters yourself, and, and you would walk by them, and you would see if it would create that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, yes. I would make them myself. So it would have to be very surprising for it to <laughs> surprise me because I would make it. I'd put it up. I'd go around the block mm-hmm. and I'd get around and I'd go, oh, what's a, a manatee boy? Whoa, whoa. I want to see that. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I think that I'm, uh, I'm understanding the mechanism of, uh, of this advertising game uh, that you're talking about. But let's move on to uh, 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 President Kennedy here for a moment. Uh, so I, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, uh, President Kennedy, but you currently hold the record for the highest overall approval rating for any president in the history of the Gallup polling center. That's 70%. At 70%, that's correct. Um, but, you know, obviously one of the more things that you were famous for was uh, being uh, assassinated just shy of three yeah, years into your presidency. Yeah, I was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. It yeah. was uh, November 22nd in 1963. Yes. I do remember that it was a fine day leading up to that moment, mm-hmm. and well, then I have to say that after, from that moment on, it was not uh, not a great one. Yeah, well, I would definitely like to get more into the day of the assassination uh, later Absolutely. on, but what I'd like to ask you about is, just in your professional opinion, like, mm-hmm. do you think that maybe because of the assassination, because of the shortness of your presidential term, like maybe that has skewed people's opinion of you, maybe given people an inflated sense of how great your presidency was? You know, do you think that maybe that that's that's unfair to include you uh, in that statistic, maybe? No. <laughs> I'd say that's a way to go. A little pizzazz. You know, it's remembered. So you're saying I... that the assassination of John F. Kennedy, President Kennedy, was good for the spectacle of his presidency. This guy getting shot in the head was the what? <laughs> poster of presidencies. And actually, I have to agree with PT. Uh, mm-hmm. I do believe that there should be some pomp and circumstance in everything that you do in your life. I mean, okay, if you look fair. at the, the type of life that I led, the type of people that I hung out with, the type of people that I associated with, mm. they were the type of folks who did present that hua that you are talking about, Mr. Oh, it's Ball. more like a hua? Oh, I apologize. I got I think, it wrong. I, think, no, I don't think you got it wrong. I think you just have, you, you have an accent. You have a Boston accent. I so. can't understand a word you're saying. <laughs> you can't understand a word that I've said. Well, the Brookline accent is a very, very thick accent. Mm-hmm. I've never yeah. been to Brooklyn. It's too far away. Brookline. Brookline. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. Brook, uh, well, okay. Uh, really, I'm curious about the geography of your life, Mr. Barnum, because because City Hall is to the north and Brooklyn is too far south. It's like, it's really oh, it's like a, too far away. It's like a three-block well, I mean, radius. We, we didn't have the bridge back then. That was still 20 in. years away. It feels like you have directional blindness. It feels like you don't know where anything is. <laughs> All roads lead to me. But let's go back to uh, Mr. Kennedy, uh, President Kennedy for a moment. Yes, Jim. Um So in addition to your presidential legacy, you were a member of one of the most famous families that has ever existed in America, the Kennedys. We refer to that as our royal family. You know, the, well, the, you refer the to as Camelot. Uh, the the I'm sorry, what referred to as Camelot? Name? Camelot was what you guys is. Well, uh, it was it was the that was the term that was used to describe uh, myself and Jackie, and of course our kids. Who when we moved into the White House, it was mm. as if it was as if Camelot. The uh, famous English legend had mm-hmm. come to America. Interesting. Okay. Also, the musical. <laughs> There's also a musical called Camelot. Let's not forget about mm-hmm. that. Uh, but so I'm wondering, like, obviously, well, let me let me ask you. If this is fair mm-hmm. to say that it would. It's different to grow up in such a famous and notable and uh, and powerful family than it is to grow up in a regular American family. Wouldn't you say? Is that fair? I would say that it is very difficult. Uh, you are judging yourself based on the accomplishments of everybody else who exists in your family. Of mm. course, there's Bobby, who uh, who I later appointed to be the Attorney General of the United States. There's my father, Joe, who uh, was one of our first ambassadors. Uh, there's my mother, who uh, who had one of the very first uh, television shows uh, uh, like in your, the 1940s. Your mother had one of the first television shows? I yes, didn't even know did. this. Yes, she did. She had a. It was a. It was a, a procedural. 
it was, was a procedural. Yeah, it was like a okay. like yeah, it was a, there would be a murder. There would mm. be a murder. And then she, as a wealthy aristocrat, she would go and solve the murder so in her spare time. That is a, an incredible idea for a TV show. What was this called? Uh, it was called uh, it was called RSVP for murder. <laughs> it's called RSVP for murder. RSVP it ran for, for murder. five seasons on that CBS. That doesn't seem like a good way to get away with murder. What? It's to, to RSVP. <laughs> well, this is the early days. This is the they early days. They were figuring days. it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that, that's incredible. I, I mean, uh, five seasons... Uh, a really good idea for a TV show. I can't believe that I didn't hear about this. And your mother's name, of course, was? Uh, was Rose Kennedy. So Rose, Rose Kennedy. Kennedy. Also, the guy who played Fred mm-hmm. on I Love Lucy, he was on the show. He was on He was, he on, was the on the show. He was the cop. for murder. He was the cop that always would go to Rose and would say, I can't solve the murder. Mm-hmm. I need your help, Rose. <laughs> Do you have time in between uh, setting up the seating arrangements? Mm-hmm. So she would be, like, doing busy socialite functions but then she would like take a break. Wait, so to she solve was a playing herself in the show. She's <laughs> playing herself. She's playing Rose Kennedy. So this is the birth of procedural crime dramas and reality TV. This I is... buried the lead a little bit. Yes, that is incredible. Wow. I, oh my. I, I, this might be a tall uh, a tall ask, but I'm wondering. You, you wouldn't happen to, to to remember any of the crimes that your mother solved in this TV oh, show? Oh, certainly. It, just, it sounds fascinating. I, I want to read more about this. Certainly, I do. There was a. Uh, uh, well, actually, uh, it's been it's been remade now. It's been mm-hmm. remade now on HBO called Big Little Lies. And oh, so actually, Big Little Lies used to be it RSVP for was murder. Was RSVP for murder? Okay. Yes, that's correct. I haven't seen Big Little Lies, but it seems like a very different genre. <laughs> <laughs> the part that is played by Reese Witherspoon was actually based on my mother's role. That oh, the talking, no nonsense. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, that. I mean, you know, uh, I obviously this is a show that has. That, that has existed already in the past, um, but I just got to say that that is begging to be written again. You know, a wealthy socialite woman in the, what are we saying, the 19, 1930s? Uh, 1940s, 1940s. 1940s? Uh, there was a murder murders. that took place at a bake sale. There okay. was uh, a murder <laughs> that took place at a barbecue sale, at a lemonade sale. There were lots of sales in those days. A barbecue sale? <laughs> a barbecue sale. So they're selling the actual barbecue grill? No, they're selling the barbecue, ah, but also they were selling buy, grills. I this would is, not buy food on sale. I, <laughs> Well, I guess I would buy food on sale. I think this is a diet like thing also because like we always just say go to a barbecue, but you would say a barbecue sale. Maybe that's like a Brookline thing, you know? Yeah, the uh, future is strange. The future is strange. Yeah, uh, uh, on Fourth of July we always have a great barbecue sale. <laughs> <laughs> it's so wonderful. You invite all your friends. If I remade that TV show, I'd call it BYOM. BYOM, bring your own murder. Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. I, like I thought that's that was good. worth bringing up. <laughs> Let's it was to, certainly uh, worth it. Let's totally go back to Mr. Uh, Mr. Barnum here for a moment. So I read that your uh, grandfather had an enormous influence on you growing up. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your grandfather? What was that relationship like? Like, what kind of person was he? Well, he was a troll person. He was a troll person? Yeah, uh, we also call them literal trolls. <laughs> okay. And uh, so... it, technically, he was an incredibly uh, deformed human being. A All freak, right. if you would. Okay. Well, I, I said, Grandpappy that. would say, come sit on my lap, Phineas. And I'd say, please call me P.T. <laughs> And he goes, no, your name's Phineas. Sit on my lap. I go, I don't want to. You're hideous and terrifying. Could I ask you a question? Yes. I just finished reading a book called Geek Love by Catherine Hahn, and it's or Catherine <laughs> Dunn, and it's all about uh, it's about, all about this family of freaks, and yeah. the parents would take all sorts of drugs and different chemicals in order to breed freaks. Now, was, oh. did, is that how your family, your your troll grandfather, uh, or father that's came sort of about? what I would do to the people that weren't freaky enough? Uh, mm. I don't know. You know, he was either we, we don't know that he was. Actually 
actually my grandfather. Or if he was just a troll, they would come around during holidays. And... Wow, so you, you don't even know if this man that you call grandfather that, that you grew up with was your actual grandfather? Yeah, I have to understand. He was a terrifying beast. He'd say, sit on my lap, Phineas. And I'd say, I'm terrified. And I'd try to run away, and his extendable arms would reach out and grab me like <laughs> Inspector Gadget. They could arm. extend out. They wouldn't just yeah. like, He had, like, robot arms? No, no. Or, like, it, Mr. They're Fantastic. They're more stretchy. Stretch, yeah, Mr. Fantastic. More like Stretch Armstrong. Interesting. Stretch Armstrong. Wow. What? And he'd put you down, and it always feel... When you got up, your butt would be wet <laughs> for some reason, and you get close and say, "Remember." I really want to. I really want to hear more about this. But uh, if you're just joining us, uh, this is famous dead people on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are uh, assassinated former President uh, John F. Kennedy oh, and yeah. showman, politician, and businessman P.T. Barnum. Uh, and Mr. Barnum was just telling us about his uh, grandfather, who may or may not have been his actual grandfather. Definitely a troll with with what Definitely seems like a troll. magical powers. Oh, um, it wasn't magical. He just had funny bones. <laughs> They weren't exactly dense. Okay. You so. know when you, uh, you ever see those, uh, the, the, like the stacks of paper that they do make into a bust, but mm-hmm. you can fold them out and yes. suddenly they're stringy? So you're That's saying that like his, arms. his arms were like that. They were like folded and compacted so they could stretch out. Yeah, and, and then you could never get away from him <laughs> until he finished telling his troll jokes, which never made any sense because we didn't have the context. Say it, we're going to have to ask right. troll They really joke. don't sound funny. Okay, okay, here's a troll joke. Okay. Pick a number between one and troll juice. And uh, I'd say, I don't know. Seven. Seven? Okay. He goes, I'm going to eat them. <laughs> 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 the laughing would go on for hours. All right, so uh, I don't want to get sidetracked here, but um, yeah, I read from his from, from the Wikipedia that your grandfather, this, this, this troll creature, uh, he was a lottery schemer. Oh yes, um, he taught can, me all about the lottery. Can you tell us, like, I, like you know, obviously we have the lottery now, and right. Um, well, it know. used to be a big thing that you'd set up a lottery and go, "We'll we'll give you money," but okay. there weren't rules about it, so we just never tell anyone who won. Oh, so you would just like you would sell the tickets, but you just keep the money. You would never like announce a winner or anything. Well, like that. I don't want to. I don't want to give away our secrets, but that's <laughs> I mean, exactly self-explanatory. Right. We are hucksters. Okay. Well, so I'll say now, which I didn't at the time. Well, he was a tree. Did it for different reasons. He did it for troll reasons. Troll reasons. He'd say, "Hey, come give you money. There's a lotto," and then he'd just eat people. <laughs> but I did it for money. Well, is there a- is there a troll code? Is there like oh. a, like a Ten Commandments for trolls? Boy, mm. if you can figure it out, you'd be the first one. Mm. They seem to get it. It's like. Uh, <laughs> You know the Danish? They have their own way of counting. Did you know this? I didn't know this. this is, no. and I've had it explained to me, and I don't understand it. It's a lot like that. The trolls were like, oh, you can't do that for seemingly arbitrary reasons. I was hmm. like, let's cross this street. And they'd be like, no, because of trolls. Hmm. Like, I, I don't get it. I, you know, but uh, it did inspire showmanship. I, I did go through all of your Wikipedia, and there was no mention of any of these uh, these troll well, there wouldn't, uh, would relatives there? or well, you know, that's 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 a totally fair point. But I'd like to uh, pivot back over to uh, President Kennedy for a moment. Uh, Can I so, just say real quick, yeah, how of pissed course. off I am that nobody said happy birthday to me yet. Is it your birthday today? It, it was yesterday. It, it was, was yesterday. yesterday. It was oh. May, May the twenty ninth. Nobody said one damn thing. I've been well, let's not tip our hands too much for when we're taping this. You know, these these shows are pre taped. Oh, so. You can cut well, this out. Say, <laughs> you notice that he introduced you as assassinated president. Mm-hmm. We're really more focused on your death day. No, oh, okay, okay, that's true. Well, when we get to there, we'll definitely, you know, definitely put something out on the podcast. You know, celebrating, you know, your assassination and everything. I, I, I don't know if that's going to be bringing up painful memories or anything, but you know, regardless. Uh, so you started at uh, Harvard College. That's correct. Uh, which was your father's alma mater, and I read that you produced the freshman smoker. 
Uh, but I tried to do a little bit more research into that, and I didn't find any information. So would you mind telling us, uh, for, for our modern audience, what is at Harvard College the freshman smoker that you produced? Oh, the freshman smoker. It's where you'd get all the smoked meats <laughs> that you could find. Okay. And then you would lay down on the Harvard lawn uh, right, out, uh, right below the statue of John Harvard. And then uh, you would roll around in those meats. Okay. And then uh, a, a, a sophomores, juniors, seniors, they would just walk around and go, look at you, you bunch of smoked meats. <laughs> You're nothing but a bunch of smoked meats. You know that? <laughs> I like it. That sounds like classic, classic college hate. It was just like Animal House. <laughs> do you know Animal House? I do know Animal House. I'm That's my that favorite movie. movie. The one thing that I'm very upset about is that I did not live long enough to, uh, to see Animal be House. in the 80s. Well, the 70s and the 80s of like the classic uh, uh, college uh, fr- uh, rowdy yeah. frat boy movies. Yeah, that, those are my favorite. Revenge of the Nerds. Those, those are, are those are great films. films. You gotta love Booger. <laughs> but Curtis Armstrong is my favorite actor of all Ooh, time. Who knows the wow. name of the actor? That is impressive. That's that is, that commitment. He's great. He was on Moonlighting. He was on. Mm-hmm. He was in Risky Business. He played uh, Tom Cruise's best friend. You've caught up on a lot of media. He was Tom Cruise's <laughs> best friend in, in Risky, Risky Business. Business. Right. In Risky Business. It was him and oh, Bronson Pinchot. Wasn't he in Better Off that. Dead? He was. He played. Oh, what was his name in Better <laughs> Off Dead? I'm shocked. I remember that at all. <laughs> so I just wanted to, to clarify something, Mr. Uh, President Kennedy. Um, that this this uh, uh the smoker this freshman smoker that you produced was just basically an elaborate hazing ritual oh, yeah. where you the freshman would have to roll around at smoked meats look in, at you you smoked meats and they say look at you you smoked meats and and you got to produce this when you were a freshman so is is that like a big honor to produce the the freshman it's a huge smoker? honor it's a huge honor okay. uh, it was and honestly i would not be president if i have, if i had not stood over those freshmen Do and you, gone look at you you bunch of smoked meats so you're saying that without having produced the harvard Hazing ritual, the freshman smoker, you would not have eventually ascended to the presidency? That's correct, because wow. you know who because you know who was not invited? Who was, was Richard Nixon. <gasps> oh, Richard Nixon wow. was not invited, he was not there, and it's something that ate at him for the rest of his life. He's not a smoked meat, he looks like a dried meat. He's a dried meat. <laughs> He's a real jerky. <laughs> He's a dehydrated meat is what he is. We will, we will have to discuss that once we get to your famous debate uh, in the interview. Uh, but before we get to that, so uh, going back to you, Mr. Uh, Barnum, for a moment. So you uh, famously said that your only motivation in life uh, was just to do anything that you could to make money, no matter what the ends were. Uh, and that included, obviously, starting, starting your first freak show, you know. Well, you uh, call it a freak show. I call it a freak show, hootenanny, hullabaloo. <laughs> Uh, witness this. Hey, what are you doing? Come back here. Oh, there might be ladies. You didn't think that these long titles were detrimental at all to, uh, to, to get any customers? I am the richest showman when I die. Mm, no, yes. Uh, uh, Spoiler like, alert. It I died. Feels, it feels like part of your thing is to just say is to just say the the base thing of what it is and then just add four or five other words uh, uh, to it. Uh, I mean, that's, that's not true. That's uh, manatees. Uh, fireworks. Oh, look over here. See, you're doing is it right now, ghost? Mr. Bottom. You're doing it, it right it now. Sounds pretty, it's a pretty you want a piece tactic. of gum? Here you go. Oh. Snap. Oh, <laughs> I, gotcha. I, I did want gum, too. <laughs> it's also gum. Oh, oh that's, and, that's and a really mousetrap snapper. But here's the thing: is that I, I think there's actually uh, there, there, there's a logic to 
uh, Mr. Barnum's style of advertising because the more things that you say are in a product, the more people that could potentially want to get that product. So, like, you know. Yeah, if, I if, called it the laundry list. The uh, laundry list technique. technique. Oh, yes. That's, 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 One that's of my it. most famous posters, it said, hey, do you like shows? Do you like musicals? How about animals? What about air? <laughs> Food is good. You're real handsome. Where? <laughs> hey, did we go to college together? It's me. Yeah, that guy. One of those. Let's have dinner. Oh, this is only half the poster. <laughs> uh, you well, know. Let me let me cut you off real okay. quick. So you've already <laughs> you've already said a lot of things that were on the poster. What would the show be that the person actually showed up to then after looking at that poster? Well, it'll be one of several possible things. The world's <laughs> okay. tiniest man. Okay. The world's hairiest barber. All right. A dog <laughs> that was pretty big. The hairiest barber. The world's hairiest barber. Yeah, the world's hairiest barber. It's like, come on, you, have, you, you must know other barbers. <laughs> Such a sight. Oh, you, Such a sight. What an like, incredible oh, sight. But the irony well, of a wanted, hairy barber. What I wanted to ask you about, Mr. Mr. Barnum is that um, you so you have this 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 freak show um, do you remember what your first freak was the first freak that you ever uh, I, I hate to say it, but you you acquired you purchased basically your first freak do you, do you remember this oh yes I I, <laughs> I do of course it was uh, uh, George Washington who everyone thought was dead so oh you, you so your first freak was actually the corpse of George Washington? or Yes, and if my math is correct, he wasn't that long dead. It wasn't the corpse. He was alive. He, so, so, so you say that you had the living George Washington, who other people think had died earlier. That was the first freak that you bought? You were just yeah, like, but he was so old. come look at this really he old... Just, he looked like a giant white raisin. <laughs> and I'd say, do a dance for us, Georgie. And he'd say, this is the president that's interesting. And so Let people went go. to went to come see just this really old man that oh, you claim was George Washington. Come on, would you George see a hundred and sixty year old George Washington I, I would be, do I would a tap be, dance routine? I would be really curious about that, wouldn't you, Mister President Kennedy? I would, I would love to take George Washington's place whenever he was ready ready to retire. Oh, really? Oh, oh well, you I, wouldn't I mean, want this job, <laughs> no. unless you do. I do. I so do. Uh, going back to you, President Kennedy. So you had an extremely impressive background in education, but then when uh, World War II broke out, you signed up for the Navy, which I was always really curious about. Like, obviously, you know, if you want to be a politician in the Navy, being in the armed services is something that looks good. But but didn't you, you know, weren't you tempted at least to use your power and connections to maybe, you know, avoid the, the dangers of war, maybe get started in your career? Oh, certainly not, Jared. Uh, I, I, uh, I, you know, the Kennedys are a bunch of adventurers. Mm. And we go out looking for adventure in any place that we could find it. Now, uh, while we were in uh, while we were in the Pacific Theater, we did unfortunately not find any con- uh, any kind of <laughs> combat. Uh, we did, uh, unfortunately, due to some sort of navigational uh, error with the equipment, we just uh, 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 s- swim around in a circle. So, oh, in a circle that we knew where there would be no uh, Japanese. Wait, you uh, swam around in a circle? The boat would. The boat, ah, the boat would sail around you know how in a circle. boats swim? <laughs> Again, and then, and then again, we would Mr. jump Barnum. in the water and then swim. Again, Mr. Barnum, ah. I think this might be a, a dialect thing. I have I, no idea what this guy is saying. In Brookline, maybe they, they say that boats swim instead of sail. Like, you know, uh, it, that, it makes sense to me. You just have to kind of like open your mind a little bit to the possible vernaculars that could mean, you know, one thing or Listen, another. Listen, I know about all the freaks of the world, but I never crossed the East River. <laughs> That's offensive, Mr. Bonham. So um, once you were uh, out of the out of the Navy, you started uh, being groomed by your family for political life and, and you know, maybe the presidency. Um, 
what, what sort of activities, because, you know, we talked a little bit about the Kennedys and how impressive of a family that was. Like, what sort of activities did the family encourage you to do to make you more electable or to groom you for leadership? Like, that sort of thing. They had me start up a farm uh, in Brookline. Uh, I started a farm where uh, we put on a lot of shows, very similar to Mr. Barnum. I really? doubt it. Uh, well, you say so. Yeah, I, I have to say, you've been a little bit combative with me. Mr. I just Bonner. doubt that it was very similar. I feel like uh, Mr. I feel like the Kennedys could put on just as well, uh, just as fine of a oh, show. Is this a challenge? As, as a Bonner. It is. A, it is. Right, a describe hey, to me a, listen, a crazy Kennedy uh, show. Describe to you a crazy Kennedy show. Yeah, what's the craziest one you ever put well, on? Well, let, let, let's clarify something. So, so I would like to, you know, first of all, we're all friends here at Famous Dead People. Like, well, that's I, to be determined. I don't want there to be any animosity between we're my sorting guests. this out. Uh, but so, so let's. I mean, you know, just for the sake of argument. Uh, let's talk about one of the actual shows that you put up uh, in in Brookline at, at this farm, and then we'll see if it is similar or as crazy. We'll as see one if of... it makes me go. P.T. Barnum's. Okay, so so President Kennedy, if you will. We had a fantastic show where we would all just come out with a, a, a several plates of finger sandwiches, and we would all just stand around <laughs> and discuss the events of the day. This that sounds was... like this sounds like a food sale. <laughs> that, that was one act that we had. Uh, another act that we had was uh, we would all retire to the den and we would uh, with snifters of brandy and cigars and we would sit around and then talk about the events of the day. Okay. Uh, right. We would then uh, go out and ride uh, horses together. That would be <laughs> Act Three, and, and we would of course who's discuss the, the who's events. Who's the of audience the day. of this show? The audience of the show. Well, it is you right now, Mr. Barnum. Ooh, interesting. Oh, it's a it's little bit like immersive theater, like the like like a, a Sleep No More. Sleep No More. Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. what I was going for. Yeah, craziest show I ever put on is what I. I locked a whole audience into a room and I said, you can't leave until these 12 pygmies eat this elephant alive. Wait, wow. so you... That sounds the, like kidnapping. The audience wasn't allowed to leave <laughs> the technically was. until the pygmies ate the elephants? Yes, no, <laughs> one elephant, but it was 12 pygmies. Were the pygmies going to eat the elephant or did the audience have oh, to no, convince... Oh, no, no. <laughs> they couldn't be set free until they had accomplished the task. So, so the audience had to convince the pygmies to eat the elephant. The pygmies had to eat the elephant, and then the audience could go free. Yes, but the pygmies never went free. <laughs> that, I mean, I, if I'm being the judge of this, they both sound like incredible shows, just just for different reasons, you know. Thank you, Jared. Like, I, I, aren't you curious how long the show lasted? <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, how long did the show last? Twelve months. We'll get to that <laughs> after the break. That uh, does, that's kidnapping. We've got yes. to. Uh, we got to know why I didn't call it a year. We uh, <laughs> we do have to take a short break, but we'll be right back with P.T. Barnum and John F. Kennedy. Stay famous with us. Famous dead people, famous dead Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or on whatever app it is that you're using to listen to this show. Uh, if you're so inclined, rate us five stars. Leave a comment. You could tell us how much you love us or hate us. I love constructive criticism. Uh, that stuff helps us out a ton. Tell your friends about us. Get your friends to listen to Famous Dead People. I would really appreciate that. And uh, hit us up at Famous Dead People Show at gmail.com if you want to shout some criticism into my electronic face or if you want to hear a specific Famous Dead person on this show. I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear that you're listening. I want some feedback, damn it. Uh, so yeah, lastly, if you really like the show and you want to send us some money to help keep us on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support This Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Famous Dead People, Famous Dead People, Famous Dead People. 
<laughs> Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are the 35th president of the United States, John F. Kennedy, yo, yo. and half of the team behind the Barnum & Bailey Circus, Mr. P.T. Barnum. Ha-ha! So, um, continuing with uh, 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 President Kennedy, so in the 19, in 1960, you run for the presidency, and you have one of the most famous debates in the history of American politics. That's the correct. first ever televised political debate, which completely changes the face of politics going forward, as it suddenly makes it important what a candidate looks like and how they how they present themselves. Uh, what was your attitude or plan going into that debate? Did you take the television cameras into consideration? I took the television cameras into consideration, but my my biggest my biggest thing was that uh, I found uh, Mr. Nixon before uh, before the debate, and I whispered in his ear. I said, "You're a crab faced goon." Whoa! And then I like getting it. In his head, getting his head. All I right. got into his head. I a knew a crab faced goon, but you knew probably a literal crab faced yes. goon. Sorry, right? keep going. <laughs> You also knew you also knew an excessively hairy barber. That's right, the world's hairiest. So yeah, I think excessively hairy isn't doing justice to how hairy this barber Listen, was. Listen, you never want to see a real crab face goon. Well, well, we'll get to some of these freaks later. His but face was a whole crab. I want to I want to make sure that we that we really flesh out Thank the, you, Jared. this uh, this this debate, this famous debate that you had with uh, with now former President Nixon, obviously. Um, but so you say, yes, you call them a, a crab face goon. Call them a crab face goon. Okay. And then I got up there on the stand or uh, behind my podium and he was behind his podium. And I knew that at that moment, it was the first time that he would really have the opportunity to consider that the way he looked to everybody who was looking at the image that he was being, uh, that he was giving on that camera, that he was a crab face goon Mm -hmm. and that I looked, I looked like a pearl. And so whenever I got a question, I would answer it. And then I would just do like a little like wink to the audience. I would do like a little like, I would purse my lips a little bit. Do you know LL Cool J? I do know Ella Kujan. Yeah. Big uh, fan. I would occasionally, whenever I would answer, I would uh, I would uh, kiss my my index finger and my middle finger, and then I would split them apart in a peace sign. And I would really, and, yeah, and I would always say uh, uh, Kennedy out. Kennedy out. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, uh, I know wasn't that we... the peace sign popularized after? Yeah, during, during that time, during the Vietnam War, I popularized War, I believe, it. Right? I ah, did not know. Interesting. I popularized. It. Uh, so yeah, but none of that is in the uh, is in the actual record. You know, the um, the, the video we we have the, the 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 video of the debate, and you know, I I can't ever remember seeing. Well, my brother or... was the attorney general, so he had some. So pool. the attorney general edited the video Scandal. of the famous Nixon 100%. debate, and also my uh, mother Rose, as you know, was in the entertainment that's industry. Right, that's right. She so had she connections had an in end television. At the folks at CBS. Wow, that is. Incredible. She spoke to she spoke to the Les Moonves of the time, Les mm. Moonves. It's still Les Moonves. <laughs> wow, and he's old. He's no, old I think man. I think he's, what he's saying is that Les Moonves is a mantle that's sort of handed down from generation to generation. Very oh, similar like to James blood, Bond. Like the to blood Bond. pirate Roberts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so so you were doing the your your uh, your winks to the audience. You're you're kissing the peace sign and saying Kennedy out. Um, obviously, you know, the, there was the, the freshman smoker incident that Nixon was not yeah, but uh, a part of. Meat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you think that, that that played a part in in him being so so flustered and so and He so wasn't sweaty? allowed to participate. He mm-hmm. got very in his head. He said, this guy's a real winner. Mm-hmm. He's a real, uh, he's a, he, he started thinking of himself, he's, uh, if you've seen the film Revenge of the Nerds, he started thinking of himself very much as the nerds, like the Anthony Edwards from that right. film. And then I was the, uh, I was the, the, uh, the, uh, 
the uh, the the cool kids. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm not sure if that's a great analogy because I think the point of Revenge of the I Nerds. I think it's a perfect. Analogy. <laughs> I think the point of Revenge of the Nerds was that the nerds is that the nerds get what they deserve. Win at the end, oh, and they get the girl, and they and they get to keep their fr- fraternity. I don't know about you, but I never saw the end of that movie. <laughs> I, I stopped the movie about 60 minutes in every time I watch it. I, just, like, just, I get it. I get it. No one should be a nerd. I get it. Nerds suck. We're really gotta we really gotta stick it to them. Now, uh, Mr. Barnum, you you have such a, a talent for promotion and for and for pizzazz. Uh, I, I have to ask, uh, how would you have sold this debate to the public if, like, you really wanted to get, uh, you know, the numbers? Come up? one, come all. The, the, uh, it's the uh, the bout for the ages: blood, violence, a fresh-faced baby president, and a turkey jerky-faced <laughs> leather mitt. We'll learn how to talk, and we'll put them on the film. The film camera, which I've learned about. Come see moving pictures. Oh, transport yourself. It's a mermaid. Hey, where are you going? Come back. Good for the kids. So let's... So Don't drink. Let me... Let me. Uh, uh, so this, this actually uh, bleeds very well into my next question, which is that um, you... So, so a lot of those things... You know, we're not in the debate. A lot of them were a shame, missed opportunity. A lot of them were exaggerations. A lot of them were uh, you took a lot of creative liberty with what exactly the debate would be. And this seems like it was a theme for a lot of your promotions. Like, well, once you get them in the door, who cares if you put on a good show? But don't you think that's a little bit disingenuous? You know, like, are people going to be upset when they, yeah, Jared, you're walking down the street and you see a sign that says free gold. Okay, I'm 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 in. And you I'm go into a little room, yeah. and suddenly behind you, a giant bolt comes down. <laughs> the lights go out, and slowly a light comes up on a terrified elephant, and then twelve is this pig. The, is this piggy. the pygmy show? Yes, this is the pig. That poster <laughs> just said free gold. Okay, and by darn it, by darn it. <laughs> A year later, when I released them all, you know, fun fact, the audience survived because they helped eat. They ate the pygmies. But that's not important. <laughs> the audience ate the pygmies. Yeah, but well, they, well, they helped, were starving they to pygmies. death. I locked yeah. them in the theater. But, but, Guess but, what they did the next day? What, after? Got back in line. They went back to see the free gold show. Yes. Which was, again, just being locked in a room for a year. Well, it was a different show the next one. <laughs> Oh, you, you would change up the shows every time. Yeah, the next one was just a very long, serious lecture about the temperance movement. Wow. That is a mind I have to say fuck. something. As yes. somebody who works in law and who works in government, uh-huh. your your predilection for both murder and <laughs> Who's that anything about murder? There is murder. Those pygmies were murdered, were they not? I wasn't part of the show. It just happened. All right. Well, here's the pygmies thing. Pygmies don't have See, rights. It's, it's 1843. It's, you have this this really fascinating um, uh, 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 conflict of of, um, of beliefs and practices going through your Wikipedia. Like it seems like you have this this very strong uh, liberal moral fiber where you fight for you know uh, 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 African Americans to be able to, to vote. Uh-huh. Uh, you uh, you fight on the side of the uh, the Union. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know you're 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 staunch. Uh, unionists, so much so that the Confederates burned down one of your museums. That's right. But you also seem to have a very, very lax moral uh, uh, um, uh, fiber for the things that you are doing to your performers. Like, like you have this, um, this, this freak who is just a really young child 
that you are that are you, you are promoting general Tom general Tom Thumb. Thumb. You're saying you, this is a child, the world's that tiniest full grown man. That, that he's he is a three year old boy or he's so. He's a full grown human man. That you claim he's a general was a real person, and you would have this child smoking cigars and drinking <laughs> cognac really and stuff really like cute. that. But don't you think that that's a wrong thing to do? Well, the in the real like... world, yes. But <laughs> once you're mean? on a stage, it's a whole different ballgame, my friend. Oh, so the theater is like a is like a, a, a magical world. You ever where... heard of the fourth wall? Okay, so the fourth wall actually protects you it's from like a wormhole. the bad things that you do. Right, consequence. Interesting. We okay. had a similar act like that at our show at the, oh, at the and, Kennedy Compound. Kennedy Compound, Yeah, okay. we, we had a similar act where we would have a, a young 16-year-old man, we would give him his first cigar, and then he would just discuss the events of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I actually would like to see that. I Maybe. mean, a, it sounds like a really good show. Um, but I, I, And similarly, so you... It's sort of like the rules of the troll code. It makes oh. sense, but not if you look at it closely. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I also wanted to ask you about one of her, one of uh, your other earlier "quote unquote" freaks that you required was a woman named Joyce Heth. Does that name ring a bell to you, Mister oh, Barnum? Was she the, the the funny woman with no arms, no legs, no eyes, no ears, no <laughs> tongue, and uh, barely a head? Jesus Christ, no! <laughs> oh, okay. I mixed up the names. That was someone else. That was? That's, that's horrible. Well, that is horrific. I, that's even worse than what I was about to tell you about. Other, I called her a human. Other people called her uh, uh, obviously a bag of flour. <laughs> that was the early days. No, Joyce Heth was in, it, just a very old woman that you claimed was George Washington's nursemaid. She was 160. She was 160, and she was blind. I had a lot and, of theories about you, George Washington. You just... You just prayed her around, and you were like, "Look at this old, 160-year-old woman who was who was uh, George Washington's nursemaid." And you know how yeah. many people bought tickets? How many people bought tickets? All of them. Every person bought. Everyone tickets. in New York City, all 2014 of them. Oh, all right. I mean, if if you say so, Mr. Burns. I mean, I, I don't count anything beyond uptown or across <laughs> the rivers. Because who it goes was there? Just within a four block radius of wherever you lived at the time. That's right. So uh, going over to you, uh, President Kennedy. So one of the qualities that you are uh, most known for is your incredible charm. Uh, and uh, there are a lot of stories about your, and I, I apologize if this sounds like a, a gotcha question, but there's a lot of stories about your supposed. Did you bone Marilyn Monroe? <laughs> right, oh well, yes, I did. Let's not yes, jump I to. Did. Oh, we'd love to hear more about that. But I, I like to speak more generally about. You, you. There are rumors that you have a history of womanizing. You know, both before and during your marriage, both before and during your life in politics. Are these stories at all true? Have they been exaggerated? You know, feel free to clear the record here, President Kennedy. Look, these rumors are terrible. Uh, they have plagued me my entire professional career. They have uh, put a terrible burden on my marriage with uh, Jacqueline. Mm-hmm. Are they true? Yes. Uh, <laughs> did I? Did I have several affairs with uh, with many women that I ran across in my uh, average day to day? Of course, I did. Oh wow! Uh, movie stars, um, several of uh, my mother's co stars on RSVP for murder. Oh wow! That's so. So you really didn't uh, care about women being significantly older than you then? Right? Oh no, I, I actually preferred older women. Oh, interesting. Part okay. of the reason that I did uh, part of the reason that I did fool around. On Jacqueline is because I did prefer the older woman, and uh, I guess you guys. Sweet were... spot, sweet spot for me is uh, seventy-seven years old. Seventy-seven, 77 years, old. years old. Wow, that is an age that most people would find less less attractive because of what the what happens to the body, you know, during time. Uh, I, would, I like how uh, you assumed everyone on RSVP for murder was old. Well, you know, this is a show that was that was taking place during the forties, you know, and so my mother was old. Yeah, I mean, well, all right. So every character needs to be old. <laughs> 
She had a strict rule. She had a strict rule. Nobody younger than 77 so, years because old. Because what do they know? I'm saying, they don't know anything. They I'm can't. just saying that there has to be a generation gap between the the women that would have been on a TV show starring John F. Kennedy's mother and John F. Kennedy, who was born later, who was... Do you, you know, want to know? Do you want to know who one of those women was who was on RSVP oh, uh, yes, for murder? Who please I do. then had sex with? Please. Yeah, absolutely. Edith Nixon. Edith Nixon. That wouldn't be Nixon's uh, uh, soon-to-be wife, would it? Uh, no, his mother. His mother. You had his sex mother. with Nixon's mother and his aunt. And his aunt. Oh and his grandmother. I have to ask you, did you bring this up before the famous debate to get into his head? I said I slept with your mother, you <laughs> crap. Right to the point. That's the way to do it. <laughs> I said I slept with your aunt. There is no, I slept with your grandmother. There is no subtlety in that In that. Well, you don't even do, need the crap face goon. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a tree house in your family tree, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm moving it. <laughs> Oh God, that is the those famous oratory skills that we've uh, that we've that, that they've written books That's about. That's not what your country can do for you. And I boned your mother. <laughs> <laughs> if you are uh, just joining us, you're listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests and what today. What a time to join us! <laughs> my guests today are American showman and circus founder P.T. Barnum. Uh-huh. And former president of the United States, John F. Kennedy, who was just uh, uh, regaling us with some of the exploits from his. Was that a blowhorn? It was. Yeah, it was the air horn. So, so you know, so, you know how they do in like. Oh, a, I know it. Like I a, invented like, it. Like hip hop songs. That was you. you know? Yes, it took a long time to take off. Mine had a giant crank, and it went more. Oh, 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 oh. So, so you would play oh, that. Like, I'm hype. I'm it was, hype. <laughs> It was just a pygmy in a box. Don't wait. It, so how would it how would it generate the sound then? If it was well, just a you turned the it. crank and it tickled it. And it went oh oh oh. They have a very distinct sound. I'm I'm curious about how many uh, uh, of of your projects and how many of how much of your work seems seem to revolve around pygmies. Like, was this a really big draw? Back at you the know, time, now Mr. that Barnum? I've been saying it, I'm realizing I had a lot of pygmies. You really did. Yeah. I mean, did, five I, people from all over the world. I exploited everyone. There, you see, there. That's the word. Mr. Mr. Barnum is exploited. Like so, so you're sort of you sort of admitting there. Is that, it, does it, that have a negative connotation it, now? A hundred percent. I mean, it does. To it's, exploit, it's it's synonymous with opportunity. Oh, I think that that's. I, oh, I, I'm on. wondering if this. What is, were they doing otherwise? What, what, what were they doing? What was what? Tom Thumb doing without me? He might have had almost a nor- getting stepped on. He might have had a normal life. No, uh, to he grow did not. up to a normal size. You ever see his parents? They were giants. So. All right, so I, I have to I, I need to clarify something here, yes. Mr. Barnum. Yes, his Tom Thumb, General Tom Thumb's parents uh-huh. were enormous. They were twelve. So feet what you tall. did? So what you did? Instead of letting this child grow to what could have been an incredible height, and then whoa, sold, whoa, 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 and then stop right now. Are, you, that. are you telling me that I impeded his growth? <laughs> I you, think yes. You're I, suggesting I that think that that is obvious. Well, you're the first person to realize it. So congratulations. <laughs> how do you do that? How do you, how do you uh, impede very, someone's growth? A very specific. You know how the Chinese women box the feet? Yes. What? No. Bind, what? bind the feet. That's yeah, the thing that happens in Chinese binding. culture. Yeah. Oh, they, okay. The they small wrap feet wrap them up so that they don't grow. I had a lot of them in my. A museum as well. That sounds horrific. I had a child-sized uh, shaped box. What? And every night after the show, I'd put old Tom Thumb in that box and close it 
So he'd grow, but he'd just get denser. Denser. like <laughs> Not any taller or wider. Like a, like a, like a star. Yeah, like, he, like, like black mass. By the time he died, he weighed 700 pounds, wow. but he was still 11 inches tall. Jesus. That is uh, that is really monstrous. And I really hope that, that at some point in your life you tried to make amends for, for, the, for the, the pain that you caused to the people oh, that work for you, Mr. Barnum. Well, you know what? I think of it this way. Nope. <laughs> Well, let me ask you this, because uh, I, I, I don't want to harp on just like how how uh, obviously uh, a cruel and, uh, <laughs> and your words, and not mine, damaging. I'd call your it amazing, was. fantastical, sloopliferous. So you you made a lot of money with the um, uh, with with the freak show. You you made a lot of money by uh, producing this uh, the singing tour for a woman named Jenny Lind. Oh, Swedish Jenny Lind, which I was also really curious about because everything that you do has like a very sort of like off the beaten path, unusual kind of spin to it, like the shortest man, the hairiest barber, uh-huh. which again, I really don't think is that weird. Um, he was so hairy. Uh, yes, but just, anyways, uh, then you then you decide to just take this woman who's just a really good singer and produce her shows across she America? She was the biggest freak of them all. Why? Because she could just sing really well? Because she didn't believe in promotion. Really? <laughs> And she that was, was the, the thing that you found interesting. I said, it? we can make money. And she said, I don't want money. Uh, if I make any, I'll give it to charity. I said, oh, I've got a golden ticket. I have to call bullshit on you here. I wrote Mr. that song, I have, too. To, I have to call bullshit on you here, Mr. Barnum, because if that really was her freakish quality, would then you not have just paraded her around and, and like, tried to give her money and then, like, everybody would, like, watch her give it to charity or something that like that? That is almost exactly what happened. No, she's saying. She's saying in the show, Mr. Yeah, Barnum. but everyone knew I gave her money and she <laughs> gave it to charity. And so everyone in the audience was just marveling at the fact... She was this, so good. ...that this woman... She had the voice of an angel and a really bad negotiator. <laughs> I made a lot of money. I didn't lie to her. All right. Okay. That's a, that's a hundred percent fair. Her, I paid her one hundred and fifty thousand dollars up front. Mm, yeah, and yeah. I'm the jerk. It nearly bankrupted you. That is the case. No, yes, I'm, but not in the end. The, <laughs> I think that I, I, what I'm trying to get at here is that it seems like such a, a departure from you know doing things that are like physical abnormalities to this woman who has a who has a moral code, and that's the freak show. Like that seemed a little. Well, bit. I gotta tell you, once you've been doing this as long as I have, mm-hmm. things you know, the what's weirder than weird. Ah, uh, so it's a little bit normal. Like, it's a little bit like pornography. Like you get oh, to a that's point th- where I mean, now you're nothing into turns it. you on anymore. You know, right, I, Mr. Can- I, President I, Kennedy? Oh, I love pornography. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't really the question, but let, let's talk a little bit I more. I felt like that was where you were going with it. <laughs> um, so let's talk uh, again. I, don't, I hope this isn't a, an uncomfortable uh, topic for you to discuss. He uh, seems comfortable I'm with open president. I'm an open book. Uh, but obviously, one of the other reasons why you were such a famous president is that you were assassinated less than. Three years into your first term, yeah. can you tell us all about that? What, they, what that day looked like from your perspective? Because a lot has been written about, you know, uh, 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 the, the supposed murderer, and you know uh, what what your wife did, and what the doctors did after that. But what, what was it like to be in that car on that day? Uh, to be in the car on the day, well, it had been a long day up to that point. Uh, mm. I rolled over. I said goodbye to Edith. I went home. I saw. Oh, I'm so, uh, I have to interrupt you really quickly. So you you had just. Finished having sex again with Nixon's mother, Edith? Yeah, and I called him right after and I said I had sex with your mother. <laughs> so on the day that you were <laughs> on the day that you were assassinated, you had already beaten Nixon to the presidency. Can, I, already can, I, give, can I give a theory to you? I think that Richard Nixon had something to do with my death. Really? I was sitting there in the car and I saw uh his I saw his brother um 
Uh, Ranford Nixon standing. Oh, Ran- oh, Ranford, Ranford. <laughs> Ranford Nixon. Famous, famous Ranford, Ranford Nixon. Nixon. Yeah. He was standing uh, uh, along the street where I was waving, uh, you know, hello to everybody in Dallas. And then uh, next thing I know, uh, 10 feet later, uh, the back of my head blows completely off. Mm. Poor Jacqueline. There's parts of me all over her uh, nice outfit. I felt terrible about that. Uh, it, it was it was a horrible horrible day, and I do believe that Richard Nixon was getting was getting some sort of revenge on me. The crap well, face goon. Let's let's uh, be first of all. I think that's an incredible accusation. The fact that you would suggest that uh, Richard Nixon had you assassinated. It you know what we know about Nixon. It's not that out of character for him, but it is still a pretty big accusation. But also, I mean, isn't that not you know, uh, some sort of justice because of how often you slept with the women in his life and also kept him out of the freshman smoker and, and you know, and insulted him to his face and called him a crab-faced goon and things like that. Like, like it does stand to reason that he would try to get vengeance on you. Is that not a fair thing well, to say? Well, it stands to reason that he would try to get back at me to murder me. I don't think that that's any kind of justice at all, Jared. Okay. I, I, everything that I did was completely legal. Everything I did was completely above board. What he did was completely Ill- that's illegal. That's true. Murder is illegal. Murder is illegal. Arrest of his life. Um, and Mr. Barnum, you've, you've, have your, you've had your fair share of, of run-ins on the other side of the law. It, this this seems I have not done anything that is against uh, you, the law. You don't know much about the law <laughs> law enforcement of the eighteen forties. There were a lot of things That's that fair, I, I just couldn't know. find anybody. Well, well, there were a lot of things. When that, I did terrible things, I just move a block. There was also like the they hadn't realized uh, that a human would do the things that P.T. Barnum would do, and so they hadn't thought to make it illegal. They hadn't been like, we really should write a law saying you can't keep a child in a box to keep it small forever and then claim that it's an adult. Well, that they is... just show up and I'd say, these aren't humans, the weirdos. And that was oh. a legal argument. Oh, okay, yeah. That then... is fair. There was not much lying that happened in that time period. Yeah, that's yeah, true. A lot of people, you could count on them based on their word. They would go from uh, place to place. They would talk to people and they would say, well, that man is as good as his word. And if he says that he has not mistreated a whole bunch of pygmies, then you have to assume that he has and not. And then I just say, hey, did you enjoy the show? I know everyone always <laughs> said yes. And they yes. just go right back and in. And they just go right back to their lives. That is incredible. But again, I have to, I, I need to, to talk more about this assassination because it was such a huge thing uh, in history, uh, President Kennedy. So you say, you're saying that Nixon definitely had something to do with this? Or this is a, a, a Nixon and his brother Ranford. And his brother Ranford, you think, had a hand in your assassination? I think so, Okay. Yeah. And I mean, did, I have to ask because you said earlier I think that I know had, the reason why. It has it, nothing to do with any of the previous stuff. So it's, it has nothing to do with the crab face goon. It has nothing to do with the uh, keeping them out of the freshman smoker. It has nothing to do with the many women in his life that you bedded even on the day of the assassination. Partly, because here's the other thing that I did not tell you okay. is that I broke up with Edith on that morning. Scandal! I broke Whoa. up with Edith on that morning. So you 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 finish she, laying his mother, and she yeah <laughs> yes I finished. <laughs> what a weird way to say that. <laughs> that's that's not a, that's not a way that I've ever Guys, put a chariot. I just came from it. a hot night. I just got done laying a lady. I'm trying to be professional here. Sorry, I rolled over. I rolled over, and I said, "Edith, honey, I'm so sorry, but I have to go back to my wife. Jacqueline and I are going to try this for real this time." And she was like, "No, don't do this to me. Don't go. I've never had it so good. Please uh, don't leave really, me. Don't leave me to that crab face goon and his uh, <laughs> and his uh, his brother, the That's human a, lobster. Those are her children that uh, that that she's she just didn't to want there. to spend any more time with them. And, and, and who could blame? Who could blame her? <laughs> but I had my own life to live." 
Okay, yeah, that's completely fair. I mean, I don't think that anybody would argue against... I tell you, you know, who could blame her. Her very own son. <laughs> oh, Richard Nixon. My oh, God. my God, you crab-faced goon. I'm not I a crab-faced goon. I cannot believe I've this. I've been here listening this whole time. I cannot believe this. This is... You un- son of a bitch. Unprecedented. I knew it. In the you history of famous dead people. And you also let my secret go, which is that... Under this Nixon mask, I'm a literal crab-faced goon. Oh, my wow. God. My double gun. Oh, my God. This is, oh, my God. <laughs> Just kidding. It's me the whole time. Wow. Oh, Whoa. Wait a second. Spectacle. God. That is a show. Spectacle. PT Bottom, I had no idea that you are, in fact, Richard Nixon. Well, that's not the point of that. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he wasn't Richard Nixon. He's also... He, 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 that was a show that he put on for us, pretending oh, to be Nick. Oh, that I? was a show that he put also on for us. Also a crap yeah, uh, goon. Or am I? Lee Harvey Oswald. I can't, Whoa. Take, I can't take this anymore. I don't remember what my accent sounds like. P.T. Barnum, if this is really you under there, you have to stop. You, you know have what? to stop this. I, you're blowing my mind. I two, cannot handle this. Two can play at that game because I am not John F. Kennedy. Shut. I am Jack Ruby. Oh, oh, oh no. And now I'm going to smoke a cigar and talk about the events of the day. <laughs> oh, well, good thing I'm not Lee Harvey Oswald. I'm John Wilkes Booth. What? Oh, my God. Simp, simp, uh, sip, simp, 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 it is my, it is me, oh, my child. God. Yeah, you know, I, Jesus Christ. I, I, I have to say that the, 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 the novelty is wearing off a little bit. And, I think and now I'm, I'm the... taking off my master reveal. <laughs> Judas! Jesus, you started to believe these things they say of you. Ah, well, I'll sing something from uh, Godspell to counter your hey, Jesus Christ uh, superstar. Listen, I, I, have, I have to insist. I have to insist that you that you put on that you put on your regular faces. Yeah, and please, I have to insist as the host of the show that Jared, you put on your regular faces, Jared, my child. Jesus, Jesus Christ, please listen. Are put you, on your are regular you suggesting- face. That P.T. Barnum came in here wearing at least five masks. <laughs> if you thought that... And you'd also, be correct! Ha-ha! Christ. You oh know what the poster God. of this show says? This poster says, This show is nothing but pies. Mutant pies <laughs> from South America. Come inside. Hey, come back. A million dollars for free. <laughs> and then you'd get this show. I That's right. Say, I'll go back to mine. I'll go back to my. Uh, I appreciate I'll go back that. to my original face, which is psh, the world's hairiest barber. <laughs> oh, it's so much hair! This is—it's out of control. Oh my god! Psh, here I am, back to John F. Kennedy. Jesus, you guys! I told you the Kennedys could put on a show. The two ah, of you, I underestimated you, the, JFK. The two of you are in- incredible. I'm blown away over here as an objective audience member. I have to say that that what I've seen is incredible. You, you, you're both such in, amazing showmans and. And uh, wow, just like different and exciting. And I don't really care what the poster says. I just want to give you guys my my money and attention. Like please, that is, please, please. Oh, that is incredible. I, I, I what do you to... say we all get out of here and go lay with the wind? <laughs> yeah. I think that's a great idea. Except I'm going to lock this door behind us. No. <laughs> and take care of Bessie the elephant. God damn it. <laughs> Goodbye. I was wondering why there was an elephant in here. But we that is all the time that we have. Uh, for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. I would like to thank my guests, uh, former President John F. Kennedy and uh, P.T. Barnum for joining us in the studio today. I already left. He's already left, but if, if he can hear me yeah, out there. Here come the elephants. If he can hear me out there, I'd like him to 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 know that he has the opportunity, if he likes, to talk about a Twitter account or a comedy show that he might want people to come see. Uh, P.T. Barnum, do you do you have anything? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, so is there anything go that you want to plug? Go see the craziest, most flamboyant, improv show in the world. Trike, 
Saturdays at 9 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. Saturdays, okay, yes, at the oh, Magnet Theater. Peter McNerney, very funny. Okay, and uh, and uh, President Kennedy, if, if you will, anything that you'd like to tell people about? There is a fantastic improv show happening uh, Thursdays at 10:30 uh, called Happy Karaoke Fun Time. It's musical karaoke with karaoke tracks instead of a piano. Oh, cool. wonderful! And where is this show? Where can we? Where that's can we find? Uh, under St. Mark's. Under St. Mark's. All right, that sounds incredible. Um, uh, if you have any questions that you'd like to ask. Your favorite dead person, please email that to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We'll try to have them on as soon as we can. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. Famous dead people.